everybody. Welcome to Financial Aid Believes College Sports Betting Podcast. I'm Ben Wittenstein. I appreciate everyone rating, reviewing, subscribing, sticking through the podcast through the fall of 2022. We've had uh, we've had quite the ride. Lots of fun with college football bets, sprinkled in a, a few college basketball bets here and there. But as of this week, December 29th, into the new year, we are in the positive for the record for bets on the pod. 31 and 29 is our record, almost a 52% win percentage, which is awesome. That is great. We're up units in the positive, 0.85 units. It's been great. Hopefully everyone had a fun Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, happy Festivus. Had a great time spending some time with family. I watched an unbelievable amount of college football, unbelievable amount of NFL, lots of NBA over the weekend. It really was an um, incredibly sports-filled weekend, which was, uh, which was exciting. It was good. It was good to be away from work, away from, you know, apartment by yourself, hanging out with family. It was freezing cold in Chicago, minus 20 million degrees. It was as cold as it could be. So what's better to do than sit down on the couch, watch some sports? And it was great. We had some fun, won some bets, and that's what this weekend's about. So that's why I'm really excited because this weekend, New Year's weekend, we have a lot of really good fun bowl games, a lot of good fun NFL games, a lot of good fun NBA games, and college basketball finally getting into the swing of things after a bit of a break with finals and Winter break happening for a lot of colleges. They're back in business, and we're getting some really good and fun college basketball games. And I do have one college basketball play for tonight as of this recording. I'll give it first because the game starts in about five hours from now. And this is um, this is a really interesting play that we have for this one. And uh, I'm going to expect some people to really shake their head. I might be called a degenerate. People might yell at me. But we're going to go to the Utah Tech game. That's right. Not Utah. Not Utah State. Not Utah Valley. Utah Tech. Sitting at 203 in the Ken Palm rankings. Uh, They're taking on Rio Valley Grand. Texas Rio Valley Grand. We're not going to pick a winner in this one. But we are going to go with the total, and we're going to go with the over 158.5, over 159, wherever you can get your numbers. Uh, and this is uh, an interesting game, to say the least. I don't think a lot of people really follow these WAC teams, WAC. That's a conference there in Utah Tech and Texas Rio Valley, Rio Grande Valley. But uh, the one thing that you should know, uh, specifically about UT Rio Grande Valley, is that UT Rio Grande Valley, according to Ken Palm, is the fastest team in the nation in terms of adjusted tempo number one in the entire division one they're ranked 313th in ken palm but they have the number one tempo they're the fastest team in the nation they also according to ken palm are the 342nd ranked adjusted defense in the nation one of the worst defenses in the country at 342 out of uh, 363 teams. So UT Rio Grande Valley, the fastest team in the country, a really bad defense, and Utah Tech comes in. And you're not great. You're not good by any means, 203rd. And Ken Palm adjusted the tempo is 161, so not incredibly slow but not super fast. But, again, that defense is sitting at 238, according to Ken Palm. 
Not a good defensive team. So we're going to take the over. Two bad defenses. It's going to be an up-tempo, fast-paced game. And Utah Tech sits uh, middle of the road offensively. And UT Rio Grande Valley sits, uh, they're okay offensively, 236. You know, nothing special. Certainly not good. But we're gonna just, it's going to be up and back. It's going to be up and back, up and back, up and back. The, the pace is going to be incredibly fast. Both these teams are going to have plenty of chances to score. Their offenses aren't great, but they're not playing any good defenses whatsoever. So is this a degenerate? Is this a gross, stinky bet? Yes, it is. Shout out to my friend Colby, who is trying to uh, copyright the stinky bet label. But it's uh, we sometimes have to go for it. Sometimes you see a number that is too good that is not being looked at by the market close enough, and you have to take it. So we're going to go with the over 159 is what we all graded for UT Rio Grande Valley against Utah Tech. Let's get into some college football bets, shall we? We've got plenty of college football games going on this weekend. Lots of big ones for the college football playoff. A lot of fun bowl games. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl is going to be one of those, and I have a bet for that game. So we've just got a lot of fun, a lot of fun bowls, a lot of good games. Let's start with that Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl taking place between UCLA and Pitt. Let's go UCLA minus seven in this one. Let's back the Bruins. And really for for a pretty normal specific reason is that Pitt is just simply not going to have anyone on the field that you can rely on. Keaton Slovis, their starting quarterback, opted out. He's not going to be playing. It's going to be Nick Patty, who is the fifth-year senior who got a start in last year's bowl game for Pitt. So he's going to be the backup playing for Pitt. And defensively for the Panthers, it is looking pretty gross. Lots of opt-outs, lots of players opting out because of the draft, lots of players opting out because of transferring. They are going to have some high-quality players opting out of this game. And they're just going to be uh, very bad, I think, is really the simple and uh, less elegant way to put it for this Pittsburgh defense. And on the other side for UCLA, for the Bruins, very few opt-outs. Very few opt-outs. It looks like the players are really buying in, and and the 10th win is at stake for UCLA. And the other thing that's at stake is head coach Chip Kelly has yet to win a bowl game with UCLA, which is really insane to me. Since he has been their head coach, he has not won a bowl game. He had an opportunity last year. That bowl game was canceled because of COVID. So this year he will be in the first bowl game with a chance to win. Think that means a lot to him? I think it does been with this team for so long and hasn't won a bowl game yet. This is his opportunity to do so. Earlier on in the week, they were favored by five and a half, and now the Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the quarterback for UCLA, is going to be playing for sure. This line has now been jacked up to seven, where I still like it, but if you get it at seven and a half, I would uh, advise probably against it. I like this number up to seven. I think it's okay up to nine and a half, but you're really treading in dangerous waters there for a bowl game where a team, UCLA's defense, is not very good. So there's a possibility they won't be able to hold on to a lead if they have it. However, at seven, I think that's a good number. I think we have a good chance to win that bet. It still keeps the game within a possession. Let's go with UCLA minus seven in the Sun Bowl over Pitt. Chip Kelly gets his first win as a head coach of UCLA in a bowl. Pretty impressive. And that Pittsburgh team is just going to be depleted. I really don't think it matters that much to this team. I don't think Pat Narduzzi is really putting in too much of an effort to try to win a game like this, especially with all of his team and a lot of his defense really opting out. It's not going to make a difference. So UCLA minus seven, that's the play for the Sun Bowl.
let's go a day later. And this is a gross game, and I will fully admit it. And it's Iowa-Kentucky. And I am looking toward, amazingly, I am looking toward the over. And it's only really because this number is so low. It's at 31. The game total is 31 for Iowa-Kentucky. Now, we're used to some low game totals with Iowa simply because of how good their defense is and how inconsistent their offense was, at least in the first half of the season. They got a little bit better as the season went on towards the second half of the year. Their offense became a bit more uh, jaded and a bit more consistent with how good they could be. Now, in this game, Music City Bowl happening in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Iowa's going to be without their starting quarterback. Iowa's going to be without their backup quarterback. And who they are starting, it is his first collegiate game that he is going to be playing in. Red shirt. And behind him is a true freshman who has not seen a collegiate game this year. So the quarterback situation for Iowa is simply not good in any way, shape, or form. Now defensively, they are going to still be okay. This is a very good and deep defensive team despite opt-outs. So that could be an issue for Kentucky, who will be without their quarterback, Will Levis. Levis opted out. But Kentucky's defense is shoddy. And I think in a situation like this, with so much disparity and possibility and question marks between these two teams, I'd rather take the over because of how crazy we have seen bowl games become at points. I just cannot trust. I cannot bet an under in a bowl game with much confidence, let alone betting an under in a bowl game with a total of 31. So I'm going to take the over 31. I'm going to expect and and hope for, at this point, the defense is scoring points here, forms of pick sixes, maybe interceptions in the red zone that give a very short field to their offense. You can at least get some field goals on the board, something like that. You know, all we really need is two touchdowns per half, and a field goal. Field goal and two field goals. It's just not a lot. You know, two touchdowns per half and a field goal gets you a push, at least. You get you get one team to score a touchdown in each half, one team to score a field goal in each half. It's a lot with the way these offenses are set up, but I think we can do it. It's a fun little bet to do. Also, rooting for the over in a very low-scoring game. It's going to be a sweat. You're going to be biting your nails the entire time. But that's what the Music City Bowl is for. That's what college football bowl games are for, just to have a little fun with it. So we're going to go over 31 in Iowa and Kentucky. Now, I want to go to the semifinal games because that's what everyone is interested in. Now, we've got the Fiesta Bowl between Michigan and TCU. We have the Peach Bowl between Georgia and Ohio State. Now, I do have one play for this Michigan game that I really do like for Michigan-TCU. So I'm going to give that in just a second. But because it is the college football playoff, I wanted to give a bet for each game, and I wanted to give a spread bet and a total bet for each game. Because why not for a game like this? And I didn't feel great. You know, I was researching and writing out what I wanted to pick for this part of the podcast and you never really like to pick favorites on both sides because that's just not how the world works. That's not how sports betting works. It's never always the favorite, especially in these big games when the lines get so, so tight. But that's really all I could come up with from both sides when you're talking about the spread of each college football semifinal game. Michigan minus 7.5 is the spread I lean toward. Georgia minus 6.5, at least from the last time that I saw, is what I'm leaning towards in that game as well. We can start with Michigan, who I just feel at this point in the season, 
they somehow are still being underrated. People continually do not buy this Michigan team as being legit, which I don't understand. And I know seven and a half, you're getting that extra half after a touchdown, which is a lot, and that does play a big difference, and it will play a big difference, possibly. But I just don't see a team of of TCU's caliber beating up on Michigan. They are not going to win the physicality battle. I don't really think any team in the country other than maybe Georgia can win the physicality battle against Michigan's line, defensive and offensive line. TCU doesn't have the defense to stop Michigan's run game. They're not going to be able to stop Donovan Edwards, and it would be great if Michigan had Blake Corum, but Donovan Edwards has stepped up, and he's played really well in his spot. So I don't know about TCU's defense being able to stop Michigan. On the flip side, we all know how good of an offense TCU has. Top 10 offense in the country, top five in some metrics. They score over 40 points a game. They can pass and they can run on you. However, Michigan's defense is top five in the country, and they've shown game in and game out why they are so good, giving up less than 15 points a game. They can stop the run. They can stop the pass. They pressure you. They overpower you on the line of scrimmage. I think we're going to see a lot of that happening against TCU. I really do. I don't think TCU has played a caliber of physicalness and a caliber of defensive intensity that they are going to see from Michigan. And they played a Kansas State team that was really good, especially defensively, and who had a really good run game like Michigan does. But Michigan's a different level. They really are. They are a different level. They have been tested this season in many different ways. They know who they are. They know their identity. And that is a really tough team to beat because not only do they know their identity, but they know how to use it really, really well against some really good teams. And so with spread of seven and a half, I could see a team like Michigan winning by double digits in a game like this. I would not be surprised if Michigan just absolutely clobbers TCU. And games like this too, especially semifinal games that we've seen in the past, they have been been blowouts. And now the second game, the Peach Bowl with Georgia OSU, I don't know if that's going to be a blowout, but I do suspect, part of me suspects, Michigan... TCU is going to be a blowout in Michigan's favor. So that's why I'm going to lean at minus seven and a half for the maize and blue in the spread. Now, on the other side, for Georgia OSU, and again, this is where the conundrum comes in, Georgia minus six and a half. I don't love picking two favorites. But I just, I don't see, I don't see Georgia losing this game, first of all. And I I really don't, if they're going to win, I don't think it's going to be a close win. I just was not I have not been impressed with Ohio State. They have very glaring holes. And on the other side, I'm I'm just unbelievably impressed with what Georgia brings defensively and on the offensive side. I mean Stetson Bennett, Heisman candidate. Top 10 in scoring for Georgia, 39 points a game. And defensively they're even better. So I, I really don't know how Ohio State beats them. I mean Michigan gave Teams a very good blueprint on how to beat Ohio State. Now, maybe it was an off day for Ohio State. Every team has them, and maybe they're really good. Maybe they're going to bounce back after a loss. But this is a really tough team to bounce back against. Top five defense, less than 14 points a game. They give up all season long. Georgia's going to attack the Ohio State secondary. Georgia's going to attack the physicality of Ohio State, which they look very unprepared for against Michigan. 
Georgia is the best team in, in football. By my account, I really do. I think they're the best team in football. So I'm going to take Georgia minus six and a half for the spread here, uh, to be quite honest. Totals, I feel uh, very not strongly about the totals <laughs> in this game. I, I couldn't tell you either way, but because I have to pick from each game, totals and the spreads, I'll go the under 58 and a half for Michigan and TCU, and uh, I'll go over 62 and a half for OSU Georgia. I think if any game becomes a defensive struggle, I think it's the Michigan TCU game. Uh, simply because a Michigan's defense, I think, is going to slow down TCU. And there's a chance that Michigan's offense struggles a little bit, at least in the first half, to kind of figure itself out and figure out the best way to attack the TCU defense, kind of like the way what we saw against Ohio State. It takes, it does take a little bit for Michigan to warm up sometimes. It really does. Which leads me to my actual favorite bet from this weekend. For this weekend, and it happens to be for the college football playoff. And that is, we're going to look at Michigan. And like I said, I I like Michigan to win this game. I like Michigan to probably cover this game at 7.5. I don't love the number, though. I really don't. So I'm not going to put a lot on it, if anything. But what I will put money on is Michigan in the second half. The Mays and Blue are a phenomenal second-half team this season. They One, they make adjustments really well. Shout-out Jim Harbaugh. He has done a great job this year actually adjusting and making adjustments on the fly to his team when he sees something. And B, Michigan is so physical. They are so big and overpowering, especially in the trenches, that I think TCU is going to struggle once the second half comes around. TCU may make it a game in the first half. In fact, I expect TCU to make it a game in the first half. I think it's going to be close come halftime. So I'm going to take Michigan second half spread minus four. There are some places you can find minus three and a half, but the place that I found uh, the most available number is Michigan second half spread minus four. I think Michigan will dominate the second half of this game. They are going to scare their fans. They're going to scare their alumni in that first half. People are not going to be happy with them. But what's going to happen come second half, Michigan's size, Michigan's physicality, they are going to wear TCU down. That TCU is going to struggle offensively. The Michigan defense is going to make adjustments. They're probably going to get a takeaway or two. TCU's not going to be able to keep up with Michigan. And the stats back this up. Michigan is second in the nation in second-half points a game. They score 21 and some change points per game in the second half this year. On defense, they are first in the country in opponent second-half points a game. They do not let up a lot of points in the second half. An average of 5.7 points they let up. So for Michigan to win the second half, which they have done all season long against a team that I don't think is fully prepared for the physicality on both sides of the ball, which will be worn down, which will be tired, which won't be able to keep up with Michigan come the fourth quarter. I love Michigan to win the second half. I love Michigan to cover the second half for the Fiesta Bowl. Michigan minus four. That's my pick. That's my pick for the week, and along with the other bowl picks as well. And, you know, throwing a little college basketball pick to spice things up a little bit. A very, very obscure college basketball pick. That'll do it for Financial Aid for this week. We will be back next week with, uh, well, our national championship picks and some more college basketball picks as well. I'll talk to you all then. Good luck. Have a happy and safe and healthy day.